Hello and welcome to The Family Show. I'm your host, Eleanor Rossman, and joining me today and every week are Brenda and Randy Lee, except Brenda's not here again. She is not. Well, she she will be here in spirit. She's not here in presence, but I plan to talk about her frequently, so. She is missed. She is. Um, so, get started. I forget. We talked a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, and I had such a hard Strange time and crazy things. Around it that I'm just going to let you take it away. Excellent. So, so, anyway, so. So we're going to actually start, I want to start in a, a kind of what seems to be a very familiar place, but then I want to veer off in kind of a crazy direction, um, so bear with me. But um, I guess it's not so odd for this show, because a lot of times we just start in a crazy place, and then we just keep Who going. Who knows crazy, Exactly, right? exactly. But anyway, last Monday was the 50th anniversary of the Supreme Court's determination of Roe versus Wade, federal constitutional right to abortion. So we've been debating... Um, abortion for like 50 years. And the interesting thing is that you can't debate abortion unless you begin by sharing or, or accepting, agreeing to accept for the sake of argument certain assumptions, right? Think about it. Jeremiah 1.5, God speaking, right? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Consecrated. Mm-hmm. What's that really mean, right? Yeah. Dedicated you to a divine purpose, right? When I when I created you, I had already dedicated you to a divine purpose, right? God created us from nothing, formed us in the womb, and did so for a purpose, right? right. And Paul's letter to the Galatians one fifteen also says same thing, um, different words, but same thing, right? He set me apart, right? He set me apart before I was born and called me by grace, right? Isaiah 44, 24, keep same thing. So personal. Right, exactly, exactly. The Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, right? Isaiah's also got that Redeemer thing going. God wants wants to love us, repair us, save us, protect us, right? So throughout the Bible, just over and over, um, kind of redundant, but who am I to be critical, right? So we've got this worldview that keeps coming up in the Bible that says, you know, that God loves us, mm-hmm. created us, formed us in the womb, and has a purpose for us. Now, obviously, if you buy into that worldview, there's no abortion debate. Why am I pregnant? Because God loved a soul into being, formed it in your womb, and wants to use it in the salvation of the world, right? Um, if you buy into that, I don't think the response is, oh, well, that's just not happening, right? Right. right. I mean, come on, if, if we accept all that is true, it's a little hard to say the correct answer is not, be it done unto me according to thy word, mm-hmm. right? The debate's just over. So for there to be room for debate or discussion on abortion, right, for for us to have two sides that even can have a conversation, mm-hmm. right, to communicate with one another, um, something in what we get from Jeremiah can't be true. Just for the sake of argument, we're going to have to dispense with that being true, right. right? So for the sake of arguments, both sides in the debate end up saying, let's assume there's no God. Or let's assume there's only an indifferent God, or at least a God who is indifferent to me and whether I get born, right? 
if it is my choice, that's only because it's not God's choice, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't exist. He doesn't care. So if you're still with me, here's where I want to veer off to the crazy stuff, right? Into unfamiliar territory. Because at this point, we normally want to talk about all the babies who aren't born, right? I want to talk about what happens to all the babies who are born, Mm -hmm. right? To sustain the abortion debate, we have to accept that I am a random event rather than that I am God's intended consequence. Mm -hmm. We have to accept that God is indifferent to me being here rather than that God created me and put me here, right? We have to accept that I have no value to God rather than that God values me and created me for a purpose. So if Roe is 50 years old, we've, for 50 years, for 50 years of people, two generations growing up, we have two generations growing up in a world, in a society that explicitly or implicitly told them that they are random, unloved, and of little consequence, Mm -hmm. right? Rebel Without a Cause was probably James Dean's defining movie made in 1955, right? How did we end up here, right? But but Rebel Without a Cause, probably James Dean's defining moment, it's about being a teenager in this amorphous place called America, right? Movie begins on Easter Sunday at dawn, it's pouring down rain, and James Dean is passed out drunk in a gutter, right? There's a moment that typifies the struggle of the characters in the movie. James Dean and Natalie Wood are standing in an alley behind the house, behind her house, and James Dean asks her, you live here? And Natalie Wood responds, who lives? Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's quite a question, right? But one of the really iconic, one of the really iconic scenes in the movie the school takes all the juniors and seniors from the high school to the planetarium, kind of an end-of-the-year um, field trip kind of thing. And during the planetarium show, all the kids are looking at these constellations in the show, and the show's narrator says, while the flash of our beginning has not yet traveled light years into distance, has not yet been seen by planets deep within the other galaxies, we will disappear within the blackness of space from which we came, destroyed as we began in a burst of gas and fire. Essentially what he's saying is, you will end before anyone even knows you were here. Yeah. Right? Yes. Then he goes on and he says, the heavens are still cold once more. In all the immensity of the universe and the galaxies beyond, the earth will not be missed. In the infinite reaches of space, the problems of man seem trivial and naive indeed, and man existing and man existing alone seems himself an episode of little consequence. That's all. Thank you for attention. Thank you very much. The show ends, right? Yeah. The movie could have been made today. We place kids in this environment that screams to them that they are invisible and inconsequential. And then we try to make them feel 
valued yeah. by giving them participation trophies. Right. Right? I mean, yeah, how's that working out I for you? The, I think that's what insanity is, isn't it? That's really? exactly right. Right. Brenda had this great observation the other day. She said, we have never worked so hard mm-hmm. to value ourselves. Right? You got to get what you want. It's all about you. So we've never worked so hard to value ourselves, and we have never felt less value. Yeah, yeah, right. And and Brenda goes on. She's like, she's like, we're missing the point. What makes us valuable is the love of God. Right. Right, and so, and but we've created this culture for sake of debate. We've we've conceded so much to to have debate, to to think we're going to bring light to the world that we've conceded that we are not loved by God, or that it's arbitrary. I mean, whatever you think is one thing, but it's like you know, it's our right, it's our body to do what we want to do with our ownership. But we don't even. That, that's the cool thing is. You can't have a discussion that includes that premise or even responds to that premise unless we say, okay, let's assume yeah, let's pretend. that it's not God's body. Yeah. Right? Let's assume that he doesn't care. Let's assume there's no God. Because otherwise, we can't get to this thing of, of is it your choice mm-hmm. and how should you exercise your choice? Right? We, I mean, just take a minute and think about do we begin the day by thinking, I am God, it is my life, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it is his life, it is his body, it is his plan, and I'm getting on board because I know he loves me. Well, sadly, for the last 50 years, the mantra in this country, not just our country, has been safe, legal, and rare. Don't even talk about whose life it is or who created it. It's just those three things. And that really, the focus is not correct at all. Well, just the idea that it can be legal, right? That that we are going to debate whether this can be legal. But is it right? Or, or, yeah, I mean, it's, it just, it's, it's not even for us to, it's, it's, let's begin with the premise, right? We start, we start with the premise is it going to be safe? Is it going to be legal? Is it going to be rare? Let's back up a question, mm-hmm. right? And let's start the discussion with God loves me, right? God loves me. God created me. God has a purpose for me. Where does the discussion go? If we begin with those three premises, if God values me, then he values every other person. And the next thing should be, and what is God's plan for my life? That's right. Rather than what is my plan for my life? Because that's right. And and we need to. God has a plan for my life. I mean, think about that. Once we say every person was created, we either say God has a purpose for every person, or God has a purpose for no person. Mm-hmm. If He doesn't have purposes for those people, He can't have one for me either. Or we think we tell ourselves it's for a select few. You know, that we're not in that group. Well, that's, and, and if he doesn't have a purpose for me. Right. Then I don't have value. The minute that we, the minute that we concede that, that God has not, that God does not have a particular purpose for me, then 
I don't have value. Right. Because you know what? We know this down deep in our heart that our value is not what we have, what we do, what we want. It's who we are. And how much we are loved. That's exactly right. Our value comes in how much we are loved, how much we are valued by others. And and that's where we need to get the discussion back to. Yes. Right? Because otherwise we're all just going to go crazy. Yeah. Um, before we go crazy, though, let's take a break. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Family Show with Brendan Randy Lee. Stay tuned. with the family show with Brendan Randy Lee. Although we don't have Brenda this week, but she'll be back with us again very soon. And we're talking about um, how much we are loved by God. And and that's, I mean, so I wasted the first half of the show and you, you put it in a nutshell exactly right, Eleanor, that where we're at is, this is not about abortion, right? It's, it's about understanding the importance of knowing that we are loved and the implications that has. And, and, Tess Hamill from Pete and Tess, they do the morning show over on 1230 AMWKBO. Actually, they used to broadcast from this building here on 720, so kind of a small world. But, but Tess the other day had this stunning observation. She said, the sanity of this world is dependent on finding the peace of Christ. Yeah. If the world doesn't accept that we are valued, loved by God, then we'll all go nuts. And right? does, isn't it telling, I mean, how many times a day do you and Brenda, you probably don't watch TV that much, but anyway, let's just say you you hear the news, you read something, you, and you think, this we're insane. This is insanity, the things that we hear about and see. You know what I mean? I don't think that's far from the truth at all. And it's, well, the funny thing is, it's not even a novel and unique event to the present, right? There's this wonderful moment in Mark 3. Jesus is out being Jesus. He's he's healing on the Sabbath. He's preaching in the synagogue. He does it so well. He does. Well, well, that's the funny thing, right? He's casting out demons, getting under the skin of the powerful and the people who know best. And, right? And, I mean, reading the Bible, you know you're supposed to think he does this all so well. But his relatives, I'm sure not his mom, but but his other relatives... Mark 3, they set out to seize him because they're convinced Jesus must be crazy. Okay. Right? Right? I think our current age offers us a similar choice. If we accept God's reality, right, the world will think they'll label us crazy. Mm-hmm. Because, um, but but if we don't accept Jesus' view that we are loved, right, then we will be crazy, just like just like you said. Um, and God's reality is that God has never regretted, nor even second-guessed, even for a moment, dying for you. Mm. Right? And think about that. that God's, God's reality is that, is that he has never regretted, nor even second-guessed, even for a moment, the choice to die for you. Mm-hmm. Right? There's only love for you in the heart of God. You are not invisible to him, 
right? You're not random um, to him. You you have value to him. You are the pearl of infinite worth. And he gave up everything in his attempt to purchase you, right? The other day I started the Divine Mercy Novena. And the first words of the Novena dictated by Christ to St. Faustina are, Today, bring to me all mankind, mm-hmm. especially all sinners, and immerse them in the ocean of my mercy. Mm-hmm. In this way, you will console me in the bitter grief into which the loss of souls plunges me. Mm-hmm. Think about that. He who is all good, he who is all knowing, is plunged into bitter grief by the possibility that he might not be able to create with you, that he might not be able to save you, that he might not be able to work with you, that you might spend eternity away from him. Mm. Right? Rich Mullins was once doing an, an interview with Sheila Walsh, and Rich says, someday I will either be a very old man or I'll be dead, <laughs> right? Great future, right? Mm-hmm. Only two options, right? So the destination of this journey cannot be the point because the destinations just aren't that big a deal, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing there at the end that makes, justifies taking this trip. So the point of all this has to be the journey. It can't be the destination. So then Rich adds, I think there can't be any greater joy in life than knowing that someone else's life is richer because you lived. Mm. Now remember, we are made in the image and likeness of God. Right. What then is God's greatest joy? Right? If we're like him, and that's what we're like, God's greatest joy is to know he has made your life richer. Mm-hmm. To know he has made you smile. Right? The God who can light up the sky with a million new stars anytime he wants to longs to see stars in your eyes and know that his love put them there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just John 10. John 10.10. 10. It's, it's right, not surprising. I came that you might have life and have it... To the full. That's right, to have it to the full, to have it abundantly. Mm-hmm. Right? Sisters of Life have this, this great story in their, in their magazine revival this month. It's about little Daniel, and Daniel's preparing for his first communion, so the sisters you know, bring him into the sanctuary, they show him the tabernacle, they tell Daniel that Jesus is in the tabernacle, and Daniel is a smart kid, right? So he's like, he's just in there? Doesn't he get bored? Doesn't he get lonely? Why would Jesus just wait around in there? Right? And it's a great question. Yeah. Right? You got a guy who's omnipresent, has a kingdom in heaven. Why does he turn himself into a cracker and live in a box? Waiting for someone. That's not just even someone. You're exactly right. He does that because it's the best way he can think of to be close to you. Right. Right? Maybe you'll visit him there. Maybe you'll consume him there. Take him into your heart. Right? If we can go back to the world for a moment, 
the world is telling you God is not real. And even if he is real, he doesn't communicate with you, can't sustain you. But why would he want to be Emmanuel, God with us, if he was not going to communicate with us? Mm -hmm. Why would he want us to eat him if he wasn't going to nourish us? Right? It's two inconsistent realities, and you can't live in both of them. You have a choice, right? Bishop Robert Barron right, um, was speaking recently about the wedding feast of Cana. And he said, when Mary tells Jesus at the wedding, they have no wine, mm -hmm. she's also speaking into our time, right? And she's telling her son, they, people today, America today, have lost what makes the party joyful mm -hmm. and exuberant, Yeah, right? They have lost the body and blood of Christ, right? He turned the water into wine, but then he turned the wine into his blood. Right. Right? Are we, are we more joyful, right? Are we more exuberant without God, right? What's the consequence of taking him out of the equation? Three million children between 12 and 17 had serious thoughts of suicide last year. 3.8 million adults between 8 and 25 had the same thoughts. One in 16 agers had a major depressive episode. One in three young adults experienced a mental illness. One in 10, one in 10 young adults experienced a serious mental illness. Right? We don't need to be there. Right. Right? Um, we have a God. We have a God who is pleased by our breathing, by our yeah. getting up in the morning. By our being joyful, by not, our laughing. Not how many degrees we have or how much money we have or how many things we have. No, he just wants to see us get up in the morning. Yeah. Right? He just wants to see us laugh, smile. He just wants to see us seek to please him. And people need to know that that love is there. People need to see that love and that joy in us and through us. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Tatum Holland, a dynamic Catholic, has a great story. So she decides to move to Cincinnati, work for Dynamic Catholic, right? So she gets there, and she gets an apartment, and she realizes that she has no furniture <laughs> and no money, right? And when she realizes that, she realizes, you know what? This was stupid, right? <laughs> this is not going to work, right? But she's there now. Somebody tells her, well, you know, there's a yard sale coming up at a church nearby. Um, you could go get, you know, right. maybe you can find some furniture there. So she goes there. She finds a dining room table and some chairs, and she can't decide, you know, should I get it? Is it what I really need? i got to limit my budget. Can I, I sleep on it? That's right. But she finally decides she's going to get it. By the time she decides at Hems Hawes, by the time she decides to get it, pretty much everybody's gone. They're all packed up. So she's there alone with a table and chairs, right? And how does one person get a dining room table out to a car by themselves, right? So she's pretty hopeless, but then this woman walks by, honey, it's okay, you grab the other side, we can get this out to your car. So this woman helps her carry the table and chairs out to the car. Well, they get to the car, they realize it doesn't fit in the car. Oh. Right? So now she's like, how do I get this, you know, what, what am I going to do now? I can't get it in my car, she's hopeless again. This woman's like, honey, wait here, I got this. She goes, she gets this guy, they take the table, the chairs apart, they get it into the car, they show her how to get it back together. 
She brings a table and the chairs back to her apartment. She gets them into the apartment, because and then she puts them back together. She's sitting at this table, right? Otherwise barren apartment, but she's got the table and chairs, and she thinks to herself, God heard the cry of a woman steeped in darkness. Mm-hmm. God heard the cry of a woman steeped in darkness. And she's right. That's what God does, right? That's what he did in her life. And that presence, that love, is what the world needs to understand. That's where all of our discussions need to begin from, right? Is that that presence and that love hears our cries. And, I mean, last week, we got this... Dan Del- just so in case you're doubting, last week Dan Delp and the Seton Shrine, same day I read these emails back to back, um right right together, and they both have John Henry Newman quote. Same quote, right? God has re- God has created me to do some definite service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. Somehow I am necessary for his purposes. He has not created me for not. Amen to that. That's something we could ponder every single morning and should say, God, what, what is today? What can I do today? What can, what can, what grace is Thank you for warning me. Thank you. You know, just thank you, Lord. (laughs) All right. Well, we're out of time, but we invite you to join us every Friday at 1230 on AM 720. For the family show. And keep us in your prayers. For Brendan Randy Lee, I'm Eleanor Rossman, and we leave you with the beautiful sound of season. Mm-hmm.